We are back. It is Believe in Chicago Sports, your favorite home for Chicago Sports Talk. On today's show, we are talking all things that we missed over the last couple months during our break. Did anything happen? I don't really think it did. We'll break it all down for you on episode 54, or as we like to call it, season 2, episode 1. Coming up next on Believe in Chicago Sports. Welcome on in, welcome on back to the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Yes, you heard it right. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Season 2, as Joey said in the intro. Uh, let's let's dial back the curtain here a little bit. Let's open it on up. Uh, a little transparency for our lovely listeners. Just about 10 minutes ago, Joey, before we decided we're going to hop on the mic and do this show, open up Season 2, we went back and forth and thought, is it season two? Is it just episode 54? How do we keep it rolling? Well, you know what? There was a little bit of a hiatus. We're back now. Maybe a few things happened. Maybe a few things didn't. Didn't. Who are we kidding? A lot of things happened, Joey. And it's funny. I actually forgot. I'll be completely honest with you. Until you reminded me, I forgot that the last time the two of us spoke on this wonderful podcast, Justin Fields was drafted by the Chicago Bears, which is pretty huge. This coming up weekend, literally, well, when the show comes out tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, roughly, will literally only be like, what, a day away before Mitch Trubisky comes back to Soldier Field in a Buffalo Bills uniform and tears up the Bears defense. Uh, don't see that happening. But before we dial right back to the Bears, I want to talk a little bit about the Baby Bears and the Cubbies because arguably, and I hate to say this because as the White Sox fan that I am, if everybody listened to any episode or a few of the episodes of season one of the Believe in Chicago Sports podcast, you know that I'm a diehard White Sox fan in the White Sox. First place, hopefully by next month, month and a half, we have a nice postseason on our hands with the Shy Sox. But the talk of the town a few weeks ago, Chicago Cubs. And the thing that was very weird about it, and there's a lot of points to touch on with the whole tearing up of the team or whatever kind of verbiage and language it is you want to use. It's weird that now, cause it was, it was a narrative that we had for a whole lot of the first part of our, of our podcast. And I'm going to love that. I keep referring to it as season one now is when will, you know, when will the levy break? You know, when, when is this all going to one of the floodgates going to open and Cub fans are finally going to be hit with that harsh reality, right? That this team is, breaking up, so to speak, this golden era, this golden age of Chicago Cubs baseball, right? And it's weird because it felt like the hand was right there all season, right? Like just flirting with your cheek. And then all of a sudden trade deadline comes up and pow, right? It just, it just connects and it finishes it. And there you have it. So as the Sox fan to me, who's riding high, it's only, it's only going to be the right thing for me to do, Joey. Now that we're jumping back on the microphone is to check in with you, my friend, my Cubs, my, 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 not fellow Cubs fan, but a fellow baseball fan and diehard Cubs fan. How are we doing? How are we feeling? How are we moving on? The Ricketts today decided that they are going to commemorate themselves <laughs> and, um, you know, be, be the best that be the best of the best. Um, they literally decided today that they're going to say, Hey, we, we are the Cubs and the Cubs are us. And we're going to commemorate ourselves for, you know, redoing or, you know, making sure that Wrigley field doesn't pull up, doesn't fall apart brick by brick. But as I was saying, want to check in with you and we'll start. I guess a little bit on the on the downside, but then it's all up from here. Don't worry, folks. It's all up from here. There's plenty and plenty of great things that have been going on in Chicago sports. Plenty of reasons, at least, to be excited. But I figure we'll start it off on a nice little flow, Joey. We'll start off here. I know it's a podcast, and unless anybody's watching the clips, you're not going to see this. But my hand's down here, and then we'll finish it off up top. So I turn it over to you now, my dear friend. Are we? Is, is what, what part of the coping stage? I guess are we in? Uh, that's a good question, and I'm very excited to be back, too, so I'll just jump in with that. This is, we're very happy to be redoing, um, re-jumping re- back into season two and getting you guys all excited for Chicago sports, because there's a lot, like Dan said. Um, th- like, there was literally a three-week span where the entire year's worth of news happened in Chicago sports, when the Hawks, Bulls, Sox, and Cubs, and Hawks. And Look it at was, that. 
Huh? That's what they were waiting for. That's what Chicago was waiting for. They were waiting for Dan and Joey yes. to be on Believe yes. Pot, Believe in Chicago vacation to let it all go mm-hmm. wild. Um, but what what stage of coping am I in? I think... Uh, anger. I think I'm at the anger stage. Like, it's, you know, you've denial, you have grief, you have whatever. I think now it's a little anger because it just should have never gotten to this point. And now you're sitting here looking at this team going where who do i root for what do i invest in is is is, am i going to buy a schwindel jersey tomorrow like i don't really know what i'm supposed to do but it's it's funny you we'll get into the details of all that in that day but it's funny you mentioned brick by brick and again i know only you and i are on skype right now but i have a brick here in my hand so for my birthday (laughs) my parent this past birthday like literally july 5th so before the trade deadline Wow. My parents got me a, a gift, and it's like a brick that goes, it's like, here's the replica. It goes in at Wrigley, like on the on Waveland outside the stadium, and it says, like, Joey Gellman, Cubs fan forever. It sounds like I died, but yeah, Joey Gellman, Cubs fan Yeah, turn that to the camera again. Joey Gellman, Cubs fan forever since July 1993. So first of all, if I'm dead, if anyone's watching this, <laughs> there's my brick. But it's just funny you mention that because of like, what the Ricketts are doing and celebrating Wrigley and like my parents got me this, which is great and it's awesome. But it's like, then everything else happened literally weeks later and everything was dismantled. And, and it's just so sad to see all these, the, this, this time and love you've invested into this team just kind of get swept away. And, and, and I get it. it, it it's business, but boy, to sit here. You know, it's only 2021, so the fact that in from 2016 you lost all these guys and to lose Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant within two days all at once yeah. to turn this team into the Iowa Cubs is heartbreaking. And it's just it's it's just been a, a spiral down since they won. And I, I never I, I don't know. I don't know if it's naive of me, but I, I knew there were always rumblings. I never thought all three would go, let alone all three in basically 24 hours. And you know me, yeah. I've always been on the Chris Bryant train and has had a nice turnaround. And, you know, I, that that's someone you figure is a cub for life, not a cub for altered service time to then let walk eventually let you know, al- by trading him. So it's tough. Let alone the talent that even left before them. Because like you said, all right. those three in a matter of just one, two, three. But like, you know, that doesn't even include like, you know, Lester, who obviously it's it's more or less of, and I don't mean this as any knock or anything. It's like more or less of a talent issue why he isn't with the team anymore. Like you're not going to invest, you know, in him in his latter part of his career, like toward the very end of his career. But still like members of that 2016 team, you know, just dwindling away. And then even though he wasn't a part of that 2016 team, but you look at a guy like you Darvish who coming into a year like this, like would you still would have liked to have and like try to compete or not. So it's like you lost guys from the 2016 team along the way. You had somebody that you picked up post world series, like you Darvish that didn't end up panning out and they were gone. And then before you know it, this year's trade deadline comes out and then you literally lose, you know, the big trifecta of Rizzo, Bryant and Baez. And, What's the craziest thing, and once again, like we've talked about this a lot, Joey, is that, sure, if, if we dial it all the way back to 2016, nobody's going to, you know, you're not going to predict like a pandemic's, you know, going to hit the world. And then, you know, that that's going to put a really big wrinkle into like the 2020 season. But even still, right, if you go back to 2016 and you were to say, man, I wonder where this team, you know, this after just winning the World Series, I wonder where they're even going to be five years from now. Well, obviously, we're not going to jump ahead. We're just going to hope we're going to compete, compete, maybe even win one of these World Series again, right? But I don't think you would have ever guessed this. And granted, you know, there's a there's a global pandemic along the way, which maybe moves some chess pieces in a different way via a butterfly effect or whatnot. But, I mean, think about it. You never would have guessed that in five years it would all be gone and you literally have to start basically from scratch again. I mean, you got a guy like Contreras and, you know, maybe a couple, you know, Hendricks is still there, but like and that's it, <laughs> right? But it's like you have talented players, you know, still on the roster. But it's like now moving forward, is that what you build around? Or I mean, for the most part, like it's it's done with. Like every rebuild, you're still probably going to have a talented player or two to then either maybe build around or still move in the future. But I mean, it, it's one hundred percent tear down rebuild mode now in terms of the roster, and it's just crazy that it would get that way in a matter of literally. Five seasons. I mean, not even five complete seasons later. Yeah, I've never seen a fall from 
grace like this. And maybe I was too young when the Bulls went from glory to Marcus Pfizer, but I, um, you know, in this regard, just from PR, let alone the the on-the-field play, like just the perception of the team and the Ricketts, and and I don't even want to bring the pandemic into it because other teams operated just fine. It's a choice they made to to wave a white flag and up dump salary and so you know it's just it, it's it's just so frustrating that it turned out this way and I, and I I don't like to equate it but I look at the Blackhawks and and I go okay you know when they won their three cups they were in the playoffs for a decade straight yeah that was with a salary cap right yeah the one of the strictest salary caps in all of hockey excuse me in all of sports all of sports yeah and they decided, okay, we have a group of four or five guys we are keeping for 10, 15 years that we can't lose, and we build around it. And you saw with this team, that was supposed to be Rizzo, Bias, Contreras, Schwarber, Bryant, Hendricks, you know, whoever it may be. And it just didn't turn out that way. And they got worse as a team. And nothing was done to kind of support that group. And then they made the ultimate decision that that group wasn't good enough to win anymore. But I argue it was everything else around it, too. The misses on pitching and the lack of development there and and, and the lack of adjustment to the game changing and how you play your game. You know, the Hawks were the fastest team in the league when they won their first one. Ten years later, probably the slowest. But they adjusted to win in the present landscape of hockey and the Cubs didn't do that and their ownership kind of used the pandemic as an excuse to blow everything up because they're not losing money they're losing they were losing profit so it's just it's 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 still shocking and angering to like sit here and I go okay you know the world's not perfect right now in terms of health and safety but I could see myself going to a Cubs game I've been to a few Sox games this year but what's the point yeah, you're welcome. But what's the point of going now? Like, it's literally as if... I don't remember who tweeted it, I'm sorry, but it's like, it's as if I'm going there again and I'm going to see, oh, thank God we're here, Ronnie Cedeno's up to bat. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Well, especially when it's that complete flip in the past, you know, four, four last, you know, last four they seasons, They were in first place, seasons. like, two months ago. Well, not only that, but, like, even, right. And then even if they were struggling, you got to see that team. And in a matter of a few months, a matter of a few days, it's a complete, like, you're going pre, not even 2016, you're going, like, pre-2014, you know, 2013 days, like, all over again, like you were saying. And it's weird, because, like, you know, you bring that comparison up with, like, the Stanley Cup winning, you know, the, the dynasty-era Blackhawks, which wasn't too long ago, or, you know, if you really want to dial it back to the Bulls and, like, how long it t- took for a fall from grace, you know, six-plus, you know, two three-peats, six championships. And I, you know, we'll move on now to, to the Southsiders, and in doing so, also compare it, like, you almost can't even compare it to that 05 team that eventually, like, that was just, like, a... a painful like incremental like fall from grace right like they were still in it in 2006 they were still a good team still a playoff team in 2008 and then like before you know it you're losing more and more players from that 2005 team and then they were like it was a mirror to mediocrity up until the last couple seasons right but it was different they didn't dump them all at once and said just to save face well not not only that no you're absolutely right and not only that i mean it's totally different because let's just be real about it that team which to me arguably the most one of the most underrated if not top three maybe number one underrated baseball team ever if you're looking at a specific season so underrated it's the best postseason ever tied with the new york yankees i forgot of which year i'm so sorry but you know the 11 and 1 postseason record you're talking four four straight complete games in alcs you know i could go on and on and on awesome team but let's not forget that team was loaded with overachievers, right? Like, let's just be, there, there was no line, you know, you didn't have Rizzo, Bryant, you know, um, Baez. Like, you had some great players, sure. You know, Frank Thomas injured the majority of that year, but technically was on the roster. You know, Paul Kaderko, AJ Przinsky, sure. PK, obviously, probably the biggest name of the bunch. And then, you know, Mark Burley and whatnot. But let's just be real. No, career-wise and, and you know, recognition-wise, not as 
big as those players, right? For whatever whatever reason. So, you know, you didn't lose, like you said, all of them at once. And even when you lost piece by piece, it was, you know, a fan favorite Aaron Rowan or, you know, a Tadahito Aguchi or Joe Creedy, which still sucked. But, like, yeah, it was different. Like I said, it was just this incremental decline. So, yeah, something like this is totally crazy, right? And, like, it, it, goes, it goes back to, you know, this team that hasn't won it. They didn't win anything for, you know, well over a century. It was 108 years finally in 2016 when, you know, I think Cubs fans thought that they finally did make it, right? And, like, not only did we finally win the World Series after 108 years, but now, like, we're here to stay and compete, right? And then just a few seasons later, it's all down. Right, down that's that's the thing. I know you want to move on from it, but that's the... That's the... <laughs> and Joey's not ready because he's in the anger stage. He's oh, not moving yeah. on yet. <laughs> Yeesh! But, but, but that's the thing, right? It's, you, you were supposed to have sustained success, success and sustained competitiveness. You were never supposed to go through another rebuild as the Chicago Cubs organization. You can retool. You can fix things. You may have down years. You may have up years. That's a really but, good point. But you were never supposed to do this again where you stripped everything and now have this random At least that team. was your expectation as a fan, right? Right. As a fan and baseball lover, right? You wanted right. to be New York Yankee'd. Right. You're kind of just building as you go along. You always have a powerhouse. Right. right. And I get there's going to be down years or off years. Or you may have to retool occasionally, but a, but a full right. strip down again to where, you know, you're, you're, you don't even know who's on the field each day. That was never supposed to happen, especially in this market. I Since kind I of find it unacceptable. When was the last time the New York Yankees did something like that? When was the last time the New York Yankees threw a team out there and you didn't know who 90% of the players were like off the top of your head or like right. they weren't recognized right. never. And that's what I'm saying that like, that's what you were expecting as a fan. Right. Something like so, that so like, right. Yeah. So that's, what's infuriating about it is it's just, you're, you're starting from scratch here and someone in an article on it today, man, I'm bad at sourcing. I read these things, <laughs> but who the hell wrote them? But it was all about how I think it was sort of Sharma, but it's the, the, oh, and Patrick Mooney was both of them on the athletic that we're not go as cub fans can we expect to have another core like this to root for and what that would require is the complete rebuild for three to four years build up your draft capital and your prospects to then have this fresh group of stars but and hit are, and hit on them and all. hit on everyone, right? But are we willing to accept that and go through that event again as Cub fans? And are they okay with that? Because I'm telling you right now, no one's going to a September second matchup with this lineup, right? So sure if you, you project are. that for next year, I don't know if they want to afford that. And so it's just it, it, they're in this weird situation where they got rid of everything, don't want to rebuild, but then are doing it. And can they do it right again? It's it just never should have gotten to this place. So let's move on to something fun. Go, go, go to your team on the south side that I've now gone to more games to this year than than Cub games. Well, I hope you're in, in those games. I hope you're. I don't know if you started or not, but I hope you're enjoying Don Cease and Elo Jimenez and you know, shut up, just, shut up, just just stab it, stab the knife deeper and deeper. But but no, yes, we will finally get into into greener pastures here. Um, magnificent pastures in, in Iowa at the Field of Dreams game with Tim Anderson just completely walking it off in fine fashion for the first ever Field of Dreams game, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, what was the set here? I'll do some bad sourcing myself too, Joey. Good, go ahead. We're great journalists. Yeah. What was like the most watched like regular season game, like t- national regular season game in like forever or like baseball history or whatnot? Like it was just watched by everyone. Helps that the New York Yankees were in there and the White Sox, you know, with, with that young core they have in the past couple of years with the marketing and whatnot being as, as good as it has been like they're not everybody has forgotten about the white Sox, even though in years past they have um which is funny i don't know if i shared it with you by the way but i think it was a week or two before that field of dreams game some like mlb writer or whatnot threw out like a power rankings like a like a top 10 power rankings and the white Sox were like nowhere to be found and it was like what and then like like yeah. i think the white Sox ben verlander like, yeah there you go and, then, and, and i think he was like, part of the believe network so we can but I don't know if he still is, but we could get on him for that too. <laughs> hey, invite him on the podcast. We heard it was an honest mistake. Now I gotta, you know, I gotta, you know, pull his chain on that. But yeah, so that was that was absolutely hilarious. And you know, we're still forgetting about this team, but let's not. And 
I guess I mean, if, if there's one thing that I guess, you know, Sox fans are kind of been, you know, a little worried, worrisome about recently is obviously, you know, Liam Hendricks giving up a couple long balls or, you know, being a little shaky out there on the mound recently, which I think we're fine. And, you know, we, we also, um, you know, the, the Sox also went ahead and took over uh, one of the Cubs' hot relievers, too. I don't, I don't want to throw that. <laughs> Crimble now on the south side. So there's there's some options down there. But, I mean, it's been awesome. I, I, if, if you would have said the White Sox would be here in five years and then once again the Northsiders, you know, in, in 2021, this is how it would be, I wouldn't necessarily believe you, but I would take it for, you know, I would take it in a heartbeat. And here we are. And like I said, I mean, it's different from last year in the sense, and it's just going along with the expectations because at the, at the end of the, when the White Sox, you know, got bounced in the postseason last year, we said, well, next year we really want, like, I want them. You know, my expectations are they, they win first place and not necessarily like, you know, just blow out the competition, but be in first place for the majority of the year and win the damn division. And for the most part, they are doing that so far this season. Right. And when they do reach the playoffs, which, no, clinch it sooner or later, clinch your spot sooner or later, but win the division, luckily don't have to play no goofy, you know, wild card series, which we're hoping for. Just finish it off, boys, clinch that division, and then you're just hoping for, you know, get past that first round, you know, get past that ALDS, which I guess technically what the first round would, you know, be this, you know, funky wild card round. But you know what I'm saying is, you know, you're con- you're way more confident now going in, right, as a size fan than you were to last year, because last year they were like kind of on the cusp of it right but now it's time like no this is go time you are world series ready now whereas last year when they made the playoffs and they were in the wild card round it's like they could do it yeah they they have a team you know they could potentially be that team who gets hot at the right time and maybe wins a ring where now it's different where it's it's expected like you're expected to be part of that group that top four top five team you know with the dodgers with the yankees that can actually go out, compete, and win it, and not be surprised at it. So, I mean, how effing cool is that? Welcome back to Believe in Chicago Sports Baby, baby Season 2. I'm ready for it. So, yeah. It's, we'll it's awesome. Well, first of all, going back to Ben Verlander, um, it looks like he's no longer with the Believe Network. So oh. while, while, while he does great Still. work, you are allowed yeah. to be mean to him because he no longer is part of our family. Um, there we go. But no, uh, with, with the White Sox, and this is coming from me, I love this team. I I think they are so much fun and they are so good that every night you just look at that lineup and all you can do is smile. It's like it, it's it's that much fun to watch. And you know, when 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 Joe Buck says that Tim Anderson should be the face of baseball, he's absolutely right. I mean, take even out of it the Field of Dreams game which was an unbelievable moment. Just yeah. everything he does is, is spot on perfect to be a branding brand ambassador for this sport. And this this lineup is just so stacked. I mean, you know, I think we talked about it when we first started the show about like Jose Abreu and I go, boy, like I hope they resign him, which they did, and and that he's here for this moment. And it's mm. guys like that, and then the young guns of Eloy and mm. Robert and everyone and the, the pitching staff, of course, but it's it's all coming together in this truly incredible moment to where like this is probably their best chance to win this year and hopefully it's a much longer win than the Cubs had but you you have a, a, a special team here that is, is really exciting to watch and I think you know after a couple of national games here over the past couple of weeks including Field of Dreams people are starting to take notice of what this team's doing and now that the Cubs are completely out of it you only have one team to pay attention to here <laughs> <laughs> nationally and and it's exciting and and, and i love it and you know I, i've been lucky enough to go to a few games this year and just the the the, the atmosphere and, and the fun that's at that ballpark is incredible I, I i i can't remember something that gets you more jacked up than than liam hendricks coming in, in the ninth to the we will rock you remix with the lights going on and off yeah. at, at guaranteed rate and i'm like holy crap like this is this is awesome and this is what baseball should always be, and it should be this fun. So I'm, I am fully drinking the Kool Aid. I, I really, really do love this team, and I hope they go far. Even, even with my Wrigley Field brick, I hope the White Sox can. <laughs> I hope the White Sox can go far. There you go. Uh, yeah, that that is a pretty sick touch they do with like the um, you know bullpen intro and, and the and the victories at the end. You know, with the night games and the lights, you know, flashing on and off. It's it's definitely a sweet touch by the Southside crew there. And yeah, I mean, like you said, super excited. 
once again, Joey, don't don't want to put salt in the room, but funny how two three months ago there was still promise of a of a red line World Series, right? And now yeah, all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden that's not here anymore. Plenty, plenty, plenty to talk about when it comes to the Southsiders, and obviously as we get closer and closer um, to playoff time, we're definitely going to kick into high gear on that. But we can't have a comeback show without talking about the Bears. I mean, the Chicago Bears are what set us off episode one, right? And we have the yeah return of Mitch Trubisky to Soldier Field, albeit a preseason game, right? And in, in his Buffalo Bills uniform, ho- I, I don't know if we're going to end up seeing Mitch and Fields at the same time, kind of going back and forth, drive for a couple drive for drives out there. But it's so weird that like when you think about it and look, this is no knock on Mitch, even though it's going to sound like a big knock on Mitch and everybody knocks on Mitch, right? And, you know, more power to him. Go on ahead and enjoy, you know, the rest of your career with the Bills and on, you know, wherever else your career takes you, Mitch Trubisky. But being reminded that he's not on the team anymore, <laughs> it's just, it sounds terrible, but it's so refreshing, right? Like, like you look at the, you know, you look at the headlines and whatnot and you see him in his Buffalo Bills uniforms like, oh, yes, like that's not our guy anymore. Like, we don't have to question, is it going to be Mitch? Is it going to be Foles? Is it going to be Foles? Is it going to be Mitch? Now, I mean, there's a different you know, narrative going around is, is it Dalton? Is it Foles? Is it Fields? Is Fields Phil, third string? Should he actually be, you know, the, the first string out the gate? And I mean, we're still kind of into that, but it's different, right? It's not, it's not as similar to last season, even though who knows, maybe the narrative gets there eventually where no, it's go time. We need to know this year. Is it, is it Mitch? Is it Nick? Because we need to win a Super Bowl this year, even though neither of those quarterbacks, and we talked about it all last year, was really going to give us a reasonable chance of winning a Super Bowl ring. But yeah, I don't know. It's weird that my brain goes there right away that, oh, it's refreshing that it's not Mitch and we have Justin Fields now. And how good could he be? We don't know. But there's promise, right? I mean, Bears fans right out the gate after that first preseason game, you know, you see a couple good plays, a couple touchdowns, and all of a sudden you're ready for him to be the next MVP, right? Oh yeah, I, I I did that betting line weeks ago. No, but um, oh, he's a betting man now. Season two, we have yeah, two right. Season two. <laughs> oh now. god, here, here go. the degenerates. Um, but you know, it's it's funny. I, I I just figured we wouldn't have to talk about Mitch for a good month into our next half of this show season, and so it's just hilarious that he's literally back this weekend. But I think I I, I think you're right. I think it's refreshing. But for exactly the reason you said in the second part of your sentence is because you have Justin Fields. And I think it would feel incredibly different if you only had Andy Dalton on your team with no quarterback direction for the future. And the guy that, yes, didn't work out is playing against you in a probably a better system for him and a better fit that could spark some trigger moments of, oh, my God, did we make a mistake? Should he have still been here? Because the only guy we have on our roster are two old veterans um, that don't lead anything to the future. So I think the field's dynamic changes how you look at this completely. And it's encouraging. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the fence of where I stand of, boy, do you play him right away? Do you let Dalton take some time here? Because I think Fields as an athletic specimen and what he's shown already shows you he can hopefully be that guy. But I also know it's probably really hard to get ready for the NFL. And so I'm... I, I think they're I, I think they're scared to push him in because of what they've seen with what happened at Mitch, even though he wasn't good enough anyways. And two, their offensive line is beat to crap. So, you know, you might as well wait till that's fixed. But it's it's a lot of promise and a lot of people have said, you know, he's still got some learning to do, but you can see the natural ability. And that's I think the difference is where with Mitch we kept trying Mitch didn't to have that? <laughs> I don't think so. But that's what it is, is we kept trying to convince ourselves that he's getting better, convince ourselves here's a step forward he's taking and, and waiting for that growth versus seeing it naturally and instinctually right away with fields to where the components that are needed just intrinsically are there already and the teachable stuff is still out there to be taught. Mitch was the opposite where he could, you know, understand probably playbooks and things, but he didn't have the things that you couldn't teach on the field. On the field, yes, people love him as a leader, but on the field, what you couldn't teach, he didn't have. And 
there was no getting around that, both physically and just awareness on the field from a mental perspective. And so it's it's been really encouraging to see. Like I, it, it gives you so much more hope that even if he doesn't play for six weeks, you know you got him in your back pocket that's supposed to be the guy for the next ten years. Well, I guess this is how I look at it because this is going to be the main thing going into all going into the whole year, and as it should be. I mean, when it comes to the NFL quarterback is the main storyline no matter what right whether it's what's tom brady doing by week with tampa bay or what's patrick mahomes doing in case like it's a it's always about the quarterback or what quarterback's fighting for his job and whatever you get what i'm saying so quarterback driving the narrative especially in a city like chicago where we're still so desperate to have a proven one please justin fields be that guy <laughs> i beg you please let's have a quarterback in chicago obviously that narrative is really going to be driven here so my 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 thought process is this. The best point you make, obviously, there's two things. One, it scares the hell out of me to think that there could possibly be line issues and something like that, which, I mean, that just is what it is, right? I mean, let, let's say, you know, Fields is out there and he's showing he's just years and years a prodigy, like, ahead of his days, and he does need to start in the NFL. Like, there's literally no question about it. Then, yeah, I mean, you put him in that situation, the line is still kind of scares you a little bit. But, one, you don't want to put him out there too early, and then, God forbid, you know, there's, like, some kind of wonky injury or something because the line just can't hold up. Two... And I don't know if there's actually good enough data, at least available for fans, right, of the NFL. I, I don't know if there's good enough data that shows, you know, quarterback X amount of time clipboard versus right out the gates X amount of game time equals like this kind of trajectory or this. Like, I don't know if there's just enough. And like, they're literally just using the Mahomes playbook. I mean, like, on. right. Like, there, there really is. I mean, because you could de- debate it, you know. Coaches amongst coaches, talk show hosts against talk show hosts, like, you know, writers against writers, like you name it. Like, there really is no proven formula. You know, there is no Krabby Patty formula that, you know, everybody's trying to steal. So, because of that, it's like, all right, well, if you really, really think for, you know, Nagy, if what you see is somebody who has to stay on the sideline for X amount of time, whether that be a week, whether that be five weeks, you name it. If that truly is the best interest and hopefully he's right about that. If that is the case, then sure, I guess, but let's not forget to what we were talking about last year. And what I was literally just talking about 10 seconds ago about we were going back and forth last year with this whole Mitch and Foles thing because we were in win now mode. Like this defense is only getting older. We literally we have a defense that can take us to the Super Bowl and hopefully carry us. Let's find a guy who can at least not lose us games, manage them enough to where we could get enough W's. Well, do we feel we're still there? Like, is this defense still super a Super Bowl bound type of defense that could carry us and could you're shaking your head no, but you get where I'm coming at, right? Like, if if we're if we're good enough to win it now, then maybe you force them out there a lot sooner and see what what you could do in a deep playoff run. And now you're asking for you know you're asking for this age defense to really go out there and like pull their weight plus more. You're asking for Justin Fields to go out there and be a stud in year one and take you know one round deep all the way to the Super Bowl. Like that's going to be very hard, right? So I guess the main thing is like, what are your expectations going into this year? How good could this team possibly be? Even with a studly esque Justin Fields. And if you can't realistically probably make it that far, then I'm more comfortable with obviously going with the more slower steps in terms of progress. Yeah. I think this is a borderline playoff team. Um, I think drafting Justin Fields bought this whole group, probably three years or four years. So there's no really urgency there. There it is. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true. So I, so I, I think they look at themselves as a close to playoff team. I mean, they, hell, they made it last year somehow. So Nickelodeon game, people forget that. Right. So I think their view is Andy Dalton's good enough to get them into a playoff position. And if he's not, then they have a weapon in fields that they can try to use, but they're they're not in their window right now. But they're they're kind of right. in between one where they're going to try to sneak in until Fields is ready and then build for whatever that year may be. But I think it's there's a lot of intrigue around the team. Like it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. But it's 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 you're still in kind of a an in between 
spot because even Dalton today they were asking him all these questions not about him but about Fields and he was like getting Mike Glennon pissed of like why am I talking about the guy that's going to replace me you know it's my time yeah. so we're, we're going to see how that works out but I love everyone just booing Foles immediately it's like oh <laughs> guess he moved on <laughs> there you go yeah I mean it's it's so weird how you know you go you just rewind the season and we're so desperate because we're we really we don't want to see another wasted defense and now all of it all it takes is a, a promising quarterback being drafted so, okay yeah whatever uh maybe we have to rebuild the defense down the road but uh, maybe we got our franchise guy who's here for 10 plus years and everything's going to be good because nfl is all offense anyways and now we're, we're almost like cool with wasting another defense in a sense if it if it hopefully gets us five plus eight plus ten plus so years with justin fields under center hopefully at least pro bowl style quarterback right i mean has the potential, you know, your your high draft pick for a reason. You know, those those that talent and skill set is there. Um, it's all just a matter of seeing you know, where we where he could go. And obviously, as a Bears fan, everybody like like we've sent, been saying here is just waiting, 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 like for the guy. Not not even a good quarterback, but the guy. So obviously, big shoes to fill on the lakefront or Arlington, wherever they might be playing <laughs> sooner or later. That that's such a shit show. But yeah, I mean. Believe in Chicago podcast is back, baby, and we, we we got everybody covered the whole way out. Ain't that right, Joey? Wait, no, we didn't do Bulls or Hawks. Oh my! <laughs> oh, I wasn't wrapping it up. Oh, it up. you said we got everything covered, and that's the show. I go, okay, see ya. No, no, we're not closing the curtains. Come on, we we have a we have an Illinois product to talk about go, going to the Chicago Bulls. Come on now. Sorry, so, you know, it must be the lag between Skype. We haven't done this in a couple of months. We're not vibing yet. Not yet, but but we're there. But yes, I mean, if 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 you want to go on and talk bulls for the lovely listeners, I think the big the biggest piece there, especially if you're talking about draft picks, how to sumo, hello, like I remember, I think I texted you on draft night where I saw his name still there available when the when the bulls got to their second round pick, and I said, wait a minute, I said no way, like this is it's not going to happen. And all of a sudden. There you go, Chicago native, right, right, right to the, right to the United Center Club, and I said, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so you know, obviously, being being two lads from Illinois, it's going to have a a different effect on it. But um, interesting. I mean, this this Bulls team as well, many other pieces too being added. But by the way, that we could get into, but it's a very very fun, watchable team this year. You know, as long as they don't get hit hit by the injury bug. There's definitely plenty, plenty of reasons to watch, right? You can watch IO progress to see what kind of minutes he, he potentially gets and to see where now this totally brand new team, if you rewind it to a year ago, now with this you know whole whole new front office setting and it's different. It's like, wow, obviously a playoff playoff potential bound team and you're sitting here like, we got a lot to ramp up for. You know, there, there might be one team in Chicago that's going down, but the whole rest of them hopefully are on some kind of promising up and up. Yeah, when's the last time you were excited for a Bulls season? <laughs> no, what? no, there you go. That. Wow, I, I don't know if I've been excited for a Bulls season in in forever. You know, maybe it's the the very tail end of you know Derrick Rose's career, right, like a Nate Robinson yeah. playoff run, and uh, we were in college. Like I, I don't know. That would be yeah, something like that. You know, yeah. I mean, it wasn't actually too long. We were in college when uh, Derrick Rose hit the game winning three against. Um, against LeBron James in the playoffs. So we forget that, but yeah, who knows? I mean, you're dialing it back maybe five plus years, six years um, that now we're going even way back, maybe seven years now. So it's been, it's been some time, right. That we were excited uh, for, for Chicago Bulls basketball, but maybe not as long as, you know, we're making it seem, but interesting, right? I mean, Joey's going to be watching every single game. He's, he's, he's watching, he's watching all, all, uh, all season. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, plenty of things to be excited about, but it's weird. Yeah, it know. is weird. It, it's it's fun. I mean, the Iowa story is awesome for us because it's Illinois, and it's great to see him, hometown kid. I mean, I, I, I wish him all the best. And they just have a lot of guards now, so we'll see where he fits. But it's, it's awesome to see because that's a hard-nosed kid that plays really well, clutch in college, that you hope can just translate to uh, the NBA. But... In regards to the team as a to- as a whole now, I mean, you know, Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan to go along with Levine and Vooch and you know, Tony Bradley, got a bunch of names in there, and it's like, 
It's literally a flipped script from last year, and it's and it's awesome. And do you have your big baller shirt brand ready? Not yet. I got to go order it. <laughs> big baller uh, brand. I love it. I also like they sell the I like the, when Illinois sold the IO shirts last year with the mask in orange. Yeah. Now they have them in red, so I may have to like get all the there you go IO and all my favorite colors. Um, but it's it it's it's an incredible turnaround to see, um, just because. I, I guess there's two storylines here. One is the fact that the new regime came in, looked at everything for a year, and said, "This is garbage. Throw it all away." And start garbage. over. Garbage. I mean, well, it's gar pack, so it's half the word of garbage. Um, I'll never get a job with the Bulls saying that. Um, but it's it's like it's 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 refreshing to know that they knew that and have come away with I think everything we thought. But it's also infuriating that we had to deal with that and that we were sold this bill of goods of no, we got this young core, we're going to develop all of them, and it's going to be this beautiful looking thing, and then. AK and Evers, they're like, no, like this is not good enough and not acceptable. And who knows if these moves work? They gave up a lot of draft capital to do it, but they're putting themselves in a position to win now, which you can appreciate. Then the second storyline with that is, no matter what they do this year, the fact that Ball and DeRozan chose the Bulls because of this new environment means everything. What does that happen? Right? right? means everything that now the Bulls are again a destination that people want to go to because the stink from the old management is gone. And if anything happens this year, that's the biggest win they have is the perception battle and the perception game. And that is all you can ask for just to be in the conversation now that Chicago is considered a place people want to go to, that it hasn't been for probably 10 years. And that's great. I mean, I think that's probably like you said. The what you what we've learned so far during this offseason for the Chicago Bulls is that's honestly. I mean, and hey, I would assume fantastic. I mean, that's probably like number one fandom on my thing. But most importantly, like you said, is becoming that team now that is a destination spot, a team that you look at and say, uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, may, maybe a pass. You know, with, with the way things are over there, as as opposed to all the opposite perception that 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 you know players are going to have on the team right and that has to be the biggest i mean when it comes to the nba and literally just a superstar too being able to take you from a bottom tier team to all the way championship style run i mean if you're talking like the creme de la creme superstars one one or two of those running gunners could get you to that point so you want to be that destination type spot and I'm glad to learn your pump, Joe, and you're going to get all your Chicago Bulls NFTs, and you're 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 waiting in line to you know go on ahead and get them. They're becoming bigger and bigger. I remember we had a whole show over on the NFTs, and you know I'm game now, and I'm you know NBA is obviously at the forefront of the of the sports NFT game, so I'm glad I'm glad you could get there too. But no, definitely if there's the biggest thing we're learning so far during this offseason is transitioning into that spot because hey, a season two three seasons down the line. When this team's developing a little more, and you got a couple more moving pieces, perhaps you're going to want to land that really huge free agency signing. And speaking of free agency signings, the Chicago Blackhawks are giving you more of a reason to now become a fan again. You never were not a fan, but helping with uh, we talk about like the stages of like grief and stuff like that. We're helping you move on as, as a hockey fan to think about the future of the next three five plus years of the Blackhawks as they continue this rebuild and maybe they'll be a good hockey team again because let's face it you know before the before the height of the Canes Tays era right like you remember it it was a lot of very mediocre at best you know hockey being played and it was fine you know not a whole lot of people there at the United Center you could go and it was maybe half a crowd or whatnot you know I'm talking maybe four or five years before the Canes Tays era and then out of nowhere, right? I mean, you get you draft, you know, you draft a cane and a taze, and a taze and a cane, and you, you take off, right? You get the Seabrook and 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 the Keith, and all of a sudden, you know, you have this this ten year run, you know, three Stanley Cups, and you have this dynasty of a team, and all of a sudden, like hockey's this big thing in the city, right? And now it's like, how do you how do you tear that down, rebuild again, and like meet that hype? Right. You know, we talked about in the beginning of the show, how the hell are the Chicago Cubs going to do that? Well, yeah, you know, they finally won one after 108 years, but it was just that one. And then in five quick years, see you later. Whereas this was something that, you know, Blackhawks fans remember for a freaking 
decade, right? Like, when was the last time any team, you know, you're going back to the 90s Bulls, where you could rely on them for, you know, a decade plus of solid, solid play and championship competitive championship runs, right? So that's really, really hard to get back to an era like that, right? But no, is that an expectation now? Of course it is, right? In the city of Chicago, you always want to like, if you're going to rebuild, then you want to rebuild up to like a dynasty level team, right? You always want to be competing. I understand that. But I mean, leaving that, leaving that era and now rebuilding to an era that's totally new. And, you know, that's what people are going to remember for Blackhawks. You know, people of our generation are like, that's going to be the standard is getting back to something like that where you're constantly competing. And, you know, look at other hockey teams around the league. I mean, hell, look at Tampa Bay, right? They're, they're doing it now. You know, they're having their run at it. So it's getting back to that standard of hockey that very difficult. But, boy, would it be back to – would be awesome to get back to that eventually sooner rather than later. Going to yeah. take some time, though. Yes, but I, but I will disagree with your word choice. Because I thought they were going to rebuild, and it turns out they are retooling. And I know it's semantics, but fair. this, this, this fair. team was really bad, like really bad in 2020. And because of the pandemic, they and the, and the altering of the playoffs, they got in, they got in, and they 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 had their little series against Edmonton, and then obviously get flamed out, but. It showed a little bit of something and what Kirby Doc can be and what they still can do with Dubrinkit, Kane, and Taves along. And I know, you know, they've traded Keith and Seabrook's retired, even though they can still trade a salary, which I love hockey for that. It's amazing. But, right. um, you know, going into the offseason, you said, okay, well, they got their, they got, they still got their stars. You, you traded away Keith, so that means Taves and Kane are going to go too, just like the same way of Rizzo and Bryant. Yeah. And then they turn around and they're active. And you get Seth Jones and a big need on defense. You get Tyler Johnson. You get Marc-Andre Fleury. You, you, you keep making these moves. You sign Jake McCabe. You, you, I have my whole list here because I wanted to re-pull it up because July 27th, I mean, they signed at least a dozen people. And, it, and it's yeah. just like you, you, <laughs> you, you didn't expect it. And they're actually yeah. names people kind of know in Johnson and Mark Andre Fleury and of yeah. course Seth Jones and and you go well, wait a minute here like this team's not world beaters but they're not they're not waving the white flag either and so it's 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 giving you a sense here of okay they they kind of know what they have it's it's you have some aging stars that you can still get production from and a healthy Jonathan Taves could change everything for this team this year after being lost last year due to his illness um, with you know. To bring it with a healthy Kirby Doc, it could be some fun hockey. Let's do that hockey and and <laughs> raise the cup. Yeah, and 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 so that's where I juxtapose it, like with the Cubs of like you know this team could have rebuilt. They thought they were. There's still questions on Colleton, a coach, but they chose to retool. That's and, fair. And 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 I commend that it. because yeah. in this market and in this city what hawks fans went through for decades was promised to never happen again and they're sticking to it where the cubs didn't and that's frustrating so circle, so it? go hawks this. and <laughs> this brick of my cubsdom may be going He's straight through the, the screen down. No, I, I, that's fair. Though. I mean, that, that's that's a good way of putting it. It's, it's not even necessarily so much semantics. I mean, it's it's a really good point on your part because, sure, I mean, in terms of retooling it to somehow figure out how to get to that next level, and you can't call it a rebuild when you still got guys like Tane, you know, albeit even DeBrinken and whatnot and, and Kirby Doc, but, I mean, heck, there's still names like Kane and Taze on the roster technically. So, I mean, you can't necessarily call it, you know, a rebuild and whatnot. So, yes, I mean, that's definitely a better way of putting it retooling and, I mean, sure. I mean, I think that's also like the the biggest thing about about it so far is there's still reasons like to watch the Hawks, right? Like you're not. I mean, more to even my point I just made, you're not going back to that to that time where it was like five six years before the Kane taste, you know, started, you know, start of that era where there's you know ten thousand fans, you know, twelve thousand fans in the United Center. Like you could still get a good crowd in there for a good reason, right? Like you said once again, bringing it all full circle. You really want to go to Wrigley Field to watch, you know. Joe Schmo Iowa bat, or do you want to, you know, you're now going to United Center to see, you know, 
still recognizable players out there on the ice. So that's obviously, you know, go, you, it still gives fans a reason to go. And maybe that's also what they're, what they're aiming for is, Hey, you know, we, we still want, you know, fans in the seats when we're going through a retooling, you know, process, as you put it, when we're still trying to, you know, fix things here around the edges. No, you know, we weren't a championship caliber team the past few seasons, probably still not, but we want to like, fix the car as we go along as opposed to just training it all in and hoping, you know, we get the next line of, you know, nice Mercedes Benz that, that comes out. So yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, I love how, once again, you know, you bring it full circle to your Cubs and throwing the brick out the window. Maybe that could be our new intro or new outro for this season. It's just the sound of the brick crashing into the screen, (laughs) the sound of the brick crashing into the window as, as we either intro or outro the shows new season, new ideas, right? I like that. Well, now that we covered every team, season's over, right? Season two complete. Yeah, there you go. See, season three will uh, we could kick back up season three either doing uh, during a hopefully World Series time. Yes, or, you know, three weeks. Thanks, four. everyone. When Justin Fields decides he's going to start for the Chicago Bears, which might take many a weeks into the season, if ever, which hopefully you know he gets a start or two or many along the way, but still, you know, it's it's Andy Dalton's time. It's Andy Dalton's team, apparently. So we'll go on ahead and wait for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun ride, and at least a majority of the teams are gonna be at least interesting to watch and fun to talk about uh, down the stretch here. So that's gonna do it for us on episode fifty four, or as I like to call it, season two, episode one of Believe in Chicago Sports. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gellman. Dan is on Twitter as well at Tweet Dan Collins. Um, we are part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals, as that's even still the tagline. It's been a couple of months, so I should probably talk to marketing about that. Uh, but any, in any case, we're excited to be back with you talking all things Chicago sports and, and bringing it to you each time we're able to record for you guys to bitch, moan, or celebrate everything going on in Chicago. Until next time, for Dan Collins, I'm Joey Gellman. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.